We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished. Mine! It's with the ancestors! I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here? Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all feckin' boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all feckin' boring! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and and out of all my daughter-in-laws, you're my favorite. And my name is Colin Drucker, and by the way, I have to ask you, have you ever had a barium enema? (laughs) (laughs) I can't it's say disgusting, that I have. Yeah. But at least I got to see my colon. <laughs> that guy. Oh, that guy was a nightmare. But uh, it's it's a staple of, of any kind of romantic comedy is a, a montage or a series of bad dates. I can't get yes. enough of bad dates. Yeah, it's a staple. I think it must happen within... I think of... Um, you know, the bad dates in my big fat Greek wedding when they invite someone different over every mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. I, re- I just like, I always go back to that. I really think it's one of the best like scripts that's ever been written as far as like the romantic comedy genre. Like it's solid. Like it's just like airtight. It covers everything you could possibly want. And it's fucking funny every time you watch it. But we're not here to talk about my big fat Greek wedding today, but I just had to say that out loud. No, and we have talked about my big fat Greek wedding. We have. So if you were if you were riding that high just now, like you you could you know it, it, there's more than a lump here. We got a whole episode <laughs> for you. Uh, just go search for it. But indeed, yeah. you're right. We are here not to talk about my big fat Greek wedding. We're here to wrap up maybe, Family Movie Month with 1989's Look Who's Talking. Uh, what a great year. We, were, we talked about 1989 last year. It was the year Taylor Swift was born, Colin, your newfound muse. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Let me just hop on this jet ski. Yes. Yeah, I... Lift Marco up, spin him around. Yeah. Oh, those little legs. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, 1989, I was four. Yeah, you know? I was three. So, uh, and Kirstie Alley and John Travolta were in their prime. Oh my gosh. I wrote down their ages because I'm always interested. Mm. Um, Kirstie was 38 and John, I know, right? And John was 35. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? That makes me love this movie even more. Yeah, oh, and George Siegel, Seagal, what do we want here? George, I think George I've always said Seagal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was 55, because he's definitely older than he should be, but like it kind of fits that idea of like he's an older established man, he's very rich, uh, you know, he already has kids that have, you know, that are at least 9 and 11, I think they mentioned, so... Uh, and he's, you know, I mean, he's such a looker and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, and I, I'd say he's very handsome at 55 as well. Oh my God! Let's yeah. just like let's get to that right away before we get to things like Olympia Dukakis being an Abe Vigoda because George Seagal. There were moments where I was like, "That man is so hot." 
like he was so hot as as Nick in Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. He's so hot in Look Who's Talking. As Albert, as yes. Albert, you know. And now I'm like, maybe I need to rewatch Just Shoot Me. You know. There we go. Oh my gosh, Just Shoot Me. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think that the only turnoff in for me in this movie is just like his the character of Albert. He's just like this insufferable sort of baby. Yeah, you little yeah. baby. Yeah, <laughs> you big baby. You big baby. Um, that's what. <laughs> you big baby. You're not uh, young. You're yeah. not young. But I'll I'll tell you what. I think that I hear you. I think Albert's obviously a terrible human being. But there's also that like codependent like masochist in me that's like oh man i would feast on the crumbs you know what i mean i would for feast sure on the crumbs yes. uh, i mean he's everywhere yeah yeah and he is he's just he gives me he gives me like jacks taylor kind of vibes <gasps> and you know my feelings on, like, i see early what you're Jax saying yeah. yes that sort of playboy that never grew up but kind of grew up or is like playing mm-hmm. is like he's in drag as someone who grew up yeah, he's on the like Jax Taylor to Harry Dubin pipeline. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Great, great, great analogy. And I think there, all yeah. of that event then eventually, if you if that doesn't kill you, then I think you end up as like Aviva Drescher's father. Do you know George George Drescher? I think that's, that's <laughs> George Drescher. Yeah, yeah, you know Aviva's what? I father. Never finished season six, I guess, because Aviva or was. No, uh, yeah, five and six was Aviva, or was it just six yes, that was yeah, Aviva? Yeah, five and okay. six, yeah. Um, I remember seeing, because I think I watched the reunions for those seasons. I didn't watch the whole season, but I remember like how gross he was and oh, lecherous he was. Yeah. George versus Ramona, I think, is maybe <gasps> one of the funniest things ever oh captured God. in Roni. I mean, he says something to her. I, don't, I think this was in season five. He says something so nasty to her that... <laughs> I can't even repeat. Um, maybe on <laughs> it Patreon. It makes me blush. It makes me blush. But it's just like, wow, George. Wow. Wow, George. Wow. 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 Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Albert is – there were like – I think it was it was the, at the point in the movie when she catches Albert in, in, the, in the dressing room in the store. And then they're outside and he's telling her how he's in his selfish stage. And like the, the camera like, you know, cuts to George. And I was just like – not George, you know, George, George Seagal, but cuts to Albert. And I was just like, oh, my God, I, I, this is this man is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there oh. is. You could see that like that young because he's always just like, don't be mad at me is kind of what it is. And he just mm-hmm. has that Molly. Come on. Yeah. You know, it, and it just like sucks her back in, too. So I don't. I don't blame Molly, by the way, for, you know, falling for Alberts when, you know, he's fucking charming and Absolutely. sexy. I'd balance his books any day of the week. I know. Oh, I love that, like, big, like, notebook she has. It was mm-hmm. oh, the 80s. What a time. Oh, yeah. Like, doing clerical work in the 80s. Just, I mean, how bulky it all was. The idea of <laughs> files, the, the, the machinations of a, of a, calculator the paper roll you know it's yep. just oh my god oh yeah. work was different want, back then you know yeah i want like an asmr video of someone just like typing on a like a keyboard and balancing books and writing with a pen yeah. i would love that somebody well, do I, that probably exists kind of, i think it probably does because i feel like that's kind of the appeal of like the office as a sleepy time show is because it always has a background hum of oh, office yeah. noise. But there has to be like an hour long ASMR of just like 
The Sounds of an Office in 1992. I, oh my God, I would lose my mind. Oh my God, yes. Oh. Or like maybe like the ch- the credit card like slider at like a JC Penney's, oh. you know, someone signing a check. Yeah. Oh. oh my God, the sound of a JC Penney's in 1989. I saw and like I'm all for this. Not to get into TikTok talk too early because no, you know we talk about I, it on Patreon, but I know. I, <laughs> or it's 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 a safe space here, but. There's a channel, and I should have followed them, and I should have sent it to you, or maybe I did. It was like, it was 1992, and it was someone buying a CD at, like, some sort of CD store, and the, the, the cash register alone was like a tank, but mm. the keys were so big, and, like, the, you know, the CD had to go on that little pad that sort of, like, deactivated whatever it was that, like, yep. that sort of thing. I was like, ugh, I could, I could watch this for hours, especially yeah. at Christmas time. Oh, I mean, that I love. You know, as much as it was a nightmare to experience, like, the mall around Christmas time in the 90s, like, yeah. show me a video of people at a Things Remembered on December 12th in 1996, <laughs> and I am <laughs> wrapped. <laughs> yeah, why don't they have that? Like, I would buy that DVD collection. Oh, or, my you know, God. stream that, I guess. Yeah. There was some, I don't know where I saw this, probably Instagram or something, but there was some post about how... Um, all these all all these malls, all these shopping malls that are turning into dead malls, that they should all be converted into like like retirement homes for millennials. It's like yes. the, keep the mall, keep the food court, keep the you know the aesthetic, and and just kind of like let it be. I mean, listen, if if I had to live somewhere where like two flights down was a Panda Express and a Bourbon Chicken, like. Oh I can't God. age fast enough, you know? An Auntie Anne's pretzel. And, I Jesus. mean, lest, lest we forget, like, the mall walkers. I mean, it's it's built in mm. if you live I, there. I would love yep. that. I would love that. And, you know, the best part about the about mall walking is, you know, the people watching and the socializing, oh, as we all remember from that video about mall walking. Oh, God, those people. I loved it so much. But, like, okay. if that, that, is yes. my, that is the future I want. I want to have a bunch of, like, mall walking friends like mall walking gays senior mall walking gays and lesbians obviously <laughs> that's what i want to be a part of yeah no. that sounds like a dream okay yeah we'll, we'll write that down yeah and we'll take widows as well you know what of i mean of course yes oh like, my god all right and if your husband's cool then like a straight women you can come as well you know honestly the more the merrier you know we're mall yeah. walkers <laughs> We're mall walkers. They all scream. Oh, God. It's you so know, lovely. One lap is approximately one mile, you know? Yeah. That's a lot. That is. I was thinking that's a big fucking mall. Yeah, that is. Uh, what a dream. What a dream. Um, what are we doing here? We're talking about Look Who's Talking because it is indeed. Now, this is funny. You know, it is family movie month. And I've always thought of Look Who's Talking as a family movie. But boy, does it like bridge the gap of romantic comedy and family movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't know what these sperm were doing at the beginning, you know, but now I'm like, oh, and it's quite entertaining. I love baby Mikey in the womb. I don't know why. It's like one third creepy, but two thirds so funny. I like and we have to talk about Bruce, of course, like because he's a character that you don't see, but you hear. But I just thought he, he was great. Yeah, it, you know, it's kind of like it. It's it's not as if he's narrating the whole movie. There'll be like chunks where there's no Bruce, and then we'll get sort of like, oh, here's here's Mikey again. And it's 
it's like a pleasant reminder that like there's this whole movie going on with with John Travolta and Kirstie Alley, and then there's like Bruce Willis in a sound booth. I I assume during post production, basically doing mystery science theater and commenting yeah. on whatever Mikey's thinking. I was wondering the same thing, like what comes first here, the chicken or the egg? Or but I, it, it lines up too well to be like Mikey first, then Bruce, or, or like Bruce first, I guess. Then yeah, Mikey I think fills it's. In. I think Bruce was all in post. And you know what? Yep. I bet I bet it took like not much time at all and I bet he made decent I mean hopefully he made like he had like I don't know one of those deals where you make money if the movie makes money because yeah. this movie made so much fucking money and I just want Bruce Willis to have made so much money from this project. I hope he did. And I love that like he didn't really have to do much. But it, the voice acting is good. He's given a lot of energy. So yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was great. Um, yeah. And, you know, this is a movie that is uh, full of alums. Bruce is not. I don't think we No, We have talked about Bruce once before. Do you <gasps> remember when we talked about Bruce last? Oh, my God. OK, well, we didn't do Die Hard famously. Yeah, I was going to um, say it's not Die Hard. It's not Die Hard. Is he someone's dad? He's no. not, but I think maybe I could give you a hint. Um, fingernails. <gasps> fingernails. Oh my god, I have no idea because I'm picturing oh. him with like long fingernails now. Um, it's misleading. It's more of a hint of the movie, but I'll get. I'll. I'll. This will. This will put you out of your misery. And okay. everyone who's screaming at their phones right now, we know he was in. Uh, hysterical blindness. No, he was in 20th century. No, he was in <laughs> The Sixth Sense. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. Oh, and the nails, Tony. With the nails. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've that. talked about Bruce before. We have also talked about John Travolta before. And we talked about him in... It was a movie with a very heated prom sequence. I mean, my my first instinct is to go to Greece, but we would never do that. So no, I'm also blanking God. again. I'm I'm getting worse in my old age, and it scares me a little bit. I used to be able to recall these things so quickly, but you know, I mean, put me out of my misery. I guess. I, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got yes. it. It's Carrie. It's Carrie. I knew it. I knew it because you love Piper Laurie's performance. I do love Piper. I'm on my yeah. top three, top five. Well, yeah. So I know that. Um. So we've talked about John before. Kirstie, of course, we've talked about a couple of times before. Oh, Lord. I, I, I mean, it takes two. Of okay, course. Okay, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes. And uh, that's all I got. I think that's all it's been. So okay. this is our third Kirstie. And George, beautiful George Seagal, we have obviously talked about in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. So, yes. Um, and then Olympia Dukakis. We've she's she's no stranger to the best supporting podcast. Uh, I mean, my the dream double header here is this movie and Moonstruck, you know, and I mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like we get more of her in this movie, too, which I loved. Like anytime she came in, I was so excited. It seemed like she was having the best time. She was I mean, this was I it reminded me of Holland Taylor and the wedding date where it was like, oh, God, Olympia. Olympia was born to play this role. She was yes. born to play Rosie. This is just what she does. Uh, lest we forget, she was also in Steel Magnolias. Which of course. She and she was in Away From Her, which was a real downer. 
Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Oof. And obviously Moonstruck. So this is our fourth our fourth Dukakis production. Ugh. I yeah. love that. And we've never talked about Abe Pagoda before, so no. don't even ask. And we've talked about Twin Kaplan, Justin Clueless, right? Yep, Justin Clueless. One. But she was great. I'm a, a nice little, you know, assistant to the BSA there, you know? Uh, we love a work friend. Yes. And I thought she was funny. I yeah. thought she was giving me a little bit of Carrie Fisher in when when Harry met Sally. <gasps> yes. My favorite line is, yeah, but you're having a baby. The way she says that oh, when they're yeah. trying on dresses. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, or when she was when there was the one guy she was with and she was like, but then I thought, ugh, do I want to spend the rest of my life with somebody stupid? <laughs> I just <laughs> I just feel like yeah, it's very relatable. Yeah. Um But yeah, this is I mean, it's so funny because again, I I had never seen Look Who's Talking before. Have you, what's your history with Look Who's Talking? I feel like I must have seen it a lot because I knew almost all this movie, like not beat by beat, but like, I was like, oh, this feel, it felt very nostalgic. It felt very familiar. Of course, there's stuff that I kind of forgot about, but I don't know. I was, I and I don't know who would have showed it to me. I guess my mom, like, cause I was so young Mm-hmm. When it came out, I guess I just like found it on TV and just watched it a dozen times and then set it down for like 20 years. But um, yeah, it's it's a classic. I pretty much was transported right back to whatever age I found it and really enjoyed myself. I, you know, I had been, I think I said last week, maybe on the Best Supporting After Show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod. I think I had said that I am very familiar with Look Who's Talking Now with the yeah. dogs. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, this made me want to revisit it. And it's kind of funny because in Look Who's Talking Now, uh, James is like a uh, a private jet you know, uh, yes. captain or whatever. And so it was like, oh, oh, look, he was just like getting started in it in the first movie. And so it's kind of like it gave me a little context there. But I mean, the more important thing is is Diane Keaton as the voice of Daphne the Poodle and yes. the absolute turtleneck clutching that you know is happening in that sound booth. She's perfect. I mean, if if Lady Watch was around during that, she would totally ha- she would be in that category of <laughs> best like voiceover because they had that mm-hmm. category at the Lady Watch Awards. She'd sweep. Oh, oh my god, it's so good because I think it's it. She's she's doing Daphne, and then I think it's Danny DeVito who's doing um, the other dog. And yeah, is his uh, name like Rocks or something? Rocks, Rocks. Yeah. That's right, because you know, because he because he poops in the house. Uh, yeah. And the kid and the, the little daughter is like Julia is unhinged. And oh yeah, the, the bangs. The gif of her yeah. like shaking the, the thing, shaking shaking yes. that brush. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, it's I and that's a movie. So that's something that I feel like was this may have been something that was on HBO a lot when I was a kid, or Characters Welcome on USA. But I just feel like I saw that movie eight thousand times, and I couldn't tell you hide nor hair about Look Who's Talking too. And, Same, right? Like that to me, it's Why like is that. Did we all make that movie up? Did Look Who's hap- Look Who's Talking Too really happen? I remember in the third one, the snowstorm and the yep. song "Have a Have a Little Faith in Me" plays. Mm-hmm. And the snowstorm, they get yes. he gets snows in with that woman played by Lizette Anthony. Absolutely, oh yeah. Oh my God, that's right. And mm-hmm. that's really all I remember. I don't remember much more than that. So maybe you know, I would suggest 
maybe it's like a month of sequels. You know what I mean? It's just oh. sequels that are either better or comparable to the first. And we don't have to do it next week, of course, or even next month. But a good uh, theme, I think worth exploring well, I was, I'll, I'll tell you I, you know i'll say this i was thinking about this earlier <laughs> i was like because i'll say this um i i have been deeply enjoying our running themed months i've just been they've just Same. brought i don't know there's there's some sense of structure in my brain that is just being tickled in the right way i'm like ooh, it's a theme a theme i want you to write a theme that's from a christmas story that's a deep cut. But, oh, um, that's the teacher. Yeah. That is the teacher. I want you to write a theme. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of groans. Yes. The mom is great in that movie. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, um, Linda Dillon. I almost said Sue Dillon, the one who does the prank calls on TikTok. She's <laughs> oh, like, you know, let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about Sue Dillon because I came across a Sue Dillon video maybe like weeks ago, somewhere in the last month. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. Okay, good. She because went to this like the the county fair or something, and that was there was no prank call in that one, and that made me laugh. But go yeah, on. Yeah, because it was like it wasn't. She was just like talking to somebody on the phone, and it was like an innocuous prank. Like they yeah. weren't yeah. being. It wasn't like your husband shit on my lawn. It was just kind of like <laughs> your husband was, shit on my lawn. <laughs> you know, she was just kind of like making shit chat, and She's it like, was get great. Long. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, get your dog. Okay. <laughs> so I love, you know, I love Sue Dillon. I love the character. Okay, good. Good, yeah. good, good. Melinda Dillon, also great. I also love Melinda Dillon. And, you know, while we're talking about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Melinda Dillon played Honey on Broadway in Who's, oh, Who's Afraid right. of Virginia Woolf. The with honey. Uda Hagen. That's right. Uh, Uda Hagen does. Yeah. Shotzi. Mm. Yeah, the Uda Hagen does, yeah. Uh, so yeah. anyway, anyway, yeah, I, as I warned you before we got on the mic, I, I, my brain is, uh, stewed peas today, so who knows what kind of episode we're gonna get. I'm excited. Who do we, who do we talk about next? I mean, we talked, we kind of just like, you know, gave a little bit of a preview to everyone. I mean, we haven't talked about Kirstie, and I, and we haven't yeah. talked about John, our two, you know, our leading lady and leading man here what did you think of the two of them together separately what are your thoughts well you know listen i i don't i don't want to hear i don't want to hear nothing about scientology or problematic or trump or i don't care we're here to talk about 1989's john travolta and kirstie alley and i'm not saying this to you obviously i'm saying this sure. to like that someone who's not even listening you know um but you know i just feel like that preface is just necessary of like i because oh you know, I mean, Kirstie, Kirstie is just, it's just such a damn shame the, 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 the road she went down because I think that at points she has been, including in this movie, just a gem, a gem to us, just yeah. a wonderful leading lady. And, you know, it's interesting is I feel like similar to Sleepless in Seattle, not to invoke the name of Sleepless in Seattle, but oh, I God. feel like I know, I feel like uh, Molly is a little bit more of the main character and James is slightly a supporting character in the same way that Tom Hanks' character was slightly a supporting character in Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, I would agree. I would totally co-sign that dynamic too. It's, and I also agree with everything you're saying. It's she, I love watching her cry as she makes me laugh. I can't do the growl she does, but she's like, I'm sorry that you had to to meet that mean man. The way she mm -hmm. like growls and ugh, I just, 
even when um when uh, Albert kept getting Mikey's name wrong, she, he's like, "Do you have a picture of Mickey?" She's like, "Mikey!" Yeah. Oh God, that made me laugh so hard. She is just, she gives you everything, and I I do think her and John are magic together. Oh, I mean, he is so hot yeah. in this movie. I mean. When he first pulls up, like twenty minutes into the movie, in that taxi, I know sunglasses, and I was just like, "Oh God!" I just I, like, especially after Three Men and a Little Lady, especially after Steve Gutenberg and Tom Selleck. Now, 1989's John Travolta, like this is a king's feast of my <laughs> kind of man. Yes. Oh God, and so many like. Because, you know, he has to dance. You know, I think Mm -hmm. everyone knows him as a dancer. I love the Walking on Sunshine montage. That was like a core memory with little Mikey. Yep. And, uh, I mean, The Town Without Pity. Oh, my God. I was like, I had to hose myself down after that one. And oh, uh, is that when he when she's dancing and then he yes, bursts he's in, like a yes. down without pity can do and he kind of sings along with it and you know it's very grease I feel like he's like in a black t-shirt and like oh, black yeah. pants yeah but it's like it's what we want it's and then to lead into I guess a little bit later Daddy's Home the song that Daddy's Home and that's like their making love scene oh, I was like yeah. this is almost too much. Yeah, this is like, I think, I mean, this is definitely like the sexiest family movie that we've talked about this month. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. You know, move over, uh, you know, Amelia Bedelia or whatever else we've <laughs> talked about, you know. <laughs> My God, this movie, like, oh, yeah. And, and you know, there's that part of me that's like, oh, like if a guy was just like aggressively dancing at me, I'd be like, oh, this is a lot. But <clears throat> there's something about the way he does it. I just, I just, I ate it up with a spoon. I thought it was just so hot. And and according to yeah. John Travolta, and according to the IMDb trivia, he said the character of James is the most like John Travolta in real life. Oh, I love that in a way. I mean, he's a pilot. He loves the he's dance. He's a pilot. Loves. To, I bet he and Kelly Preston were having all kinds of dance parties in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just feels like... He knows how to t- he knows how to lead, you know. I, and it's just mm. like I, I'm loving that scene too because she stops and he keeps going and he's like kind of pushing her, like. And she's a really like, you you could tell she can move too, which also helps. She's not like some awkward goose. And um, mm-hmm. the two of them are just. Uh, and I'll say this about John Travolta: that scene, like when they're making love, and then the flashback scene oh. where they're that. What that like sent me? It was so they both were so funny, and he was especially funny. You know, I think that he is. I feel like there was someone else that we were talking about where I had the same feeling. Where it's like the way we see them now, kind of the the kind of insane celebrity of what they are. And I would say John Travolta. There's those there's quirks and whatnot. I wouldn't say he's like a Gary Busey situation or anything, but like. I, th- I think, you know, he's got his Scientology stuff. And, of course, there's all the gay rumors. And, honestly, I I want to live in a world where John Travolta <clears throat> could be like, yeah, Kelly and I have an open relationship. And then Ethan and I go on trips to, you know, Tahoe. And then he yes. rubs my back for four days, you know? Like, I, I want John Travolta to be able to be, you know, be all the things and do all the things he wants to do. I'm all for John Travolta being a little gay. You know, in the yes. words of Meredith in The Family Stone, 
go gay, you know? Um, (laughs) I love the gays. I love the gays. But um, uh, yes, I don't know why. That that just needed to be said. There's Okay, the point I was trying to make was there's all of that. And then when you strip all that away, it's like, I don't know. I feel like. John Travolta in 1989, I feel like what I had read was, like, he had had a number of flops between, like, you know, Saturday Night, Lo- Saturday Night Fever and uh, and I guess really this movie. And so it was, like, he wasn't, like, some big weird celebrity. He was kind of, like, a has-been in some ways at this point. And so mm. I kind of, like, I guess I look at John Travolta in 1989 and I'm, like, you go, girl. You go, sister. Yeah. You know? You get that career back. I mean, I can't really imagine anyone else doing this role besides like John Stamos. You know mm. what I mean? Who well, I w- I was like revisiting some younger pictures of John Stamos, not the mullet years, like the later, like probably like '94, where he like cuts oh. his hair short, and he's so like him and Rob Lowe together, like come oh. on over, like th- at that era, like I just I, there's he's so beautiful. And Becky's we- a lucky lady. <laughs> oh, I mean, leave Lori Lachlan alone. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Aunt Becky is a lucky lady. Leave her alone. And, you know, I feel like the, that was maybe the era when John Stamos was married to Rebecca Romaine. I feel like she got him. Oh, uh, it, it's such best. a perfect vintage. I, this, I just want her to tell me everything, you know? Yeah. he's But, like, it's – John Travolta is, like – I think he's naturally charismatic. He's naturally like he knows how to move his body and and I think it translates into his acting too. Like he's going back to that scene where it's like you know she the, the like the running bit is Molly on her dates is like she can see what the future would be like with all these terrible men and it's like this cartoonish sort of like weird lens or weird angle but in but with James it's like this whole scene where they have like five kids and you know molly's barefoot and pregnant same apartment he brings home that head of lettuce and just like goes for it like full commitment my favorite part of that scene is when he's like uh what does he say um oh he's like "Ooh, princess you're making my mouth water then he like pushes her face away (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, he's like in an snl sketch in that scene yeah oh it's so funny Oh, John Travolta, you know. And he's good with Mikey. He's, he's good with so, kids. That's the thing. And I think that's what's really got me, you know, sweet on him here is like John Travolta, James as this like hot male 35 year old babysitter, like hubba hubba, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah it it's yeah. it's very like their relationship at times too. I think it's when even Molly went with James to to put grandpa in the new home and how he kind of comes up from behind and gives her like a kiss. It's very when Harry met Sally, you know what I mean? Like they're like, they're kissing, but they're not together. I was just going to say the same thing. I love that there is that similar dynamic where there's like, we're kind of watching through most of the movie. We're actually watching a friendship more than we're watching like a love connection. And I thought that was, it was really sweet. I, uh, yeah, I think the two of them are great together and, I guess I'll have to watch Look Who's Talking too, if anything, just to see if that movie exists, but also to get a little more of these two. Because it's, yeah, uh, I I like when, like, and this is more of an in-general thing with romantic comedies, but, like, I like, I don't really get, uh, I'm, 
Come on, Colin, you can do it. You got this. Express your opinions. You know what I mean? You can do this. You can, you've been doing this for like, uh, you know, skinny eight years now. You can do this. Yeah. So that trope in romantic comedies where they kind of hate each other and then they learn to like each other over time. I, there is a part of me where it's like, oh, I hate when they don't like each other. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I'm more into when they're sort of charmed by each other. And I feel like, I don't know. That's just what I have to say. So I guess when the movie starts and he like saves the day and, you know, takes her to the hospital, but then she, you know, smacks the shit out of him. It was like, no, I want you to like, like him. And so I don't know. I enjoyed the part of the movie where they were just good friends, basically, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, I mean, one of my favorites, so I think like the textbook sort of, and something we talked about before on the pod, and I can't remember what movie we were talking about, but when, when the woman hits the man and like when she gets out of that cab and just like beats the shit out of him and then like stops very abruptly because she's, she remembers she's having a baby is just so funny. Mm-hmm. And honestly, she says the line, she's like, my baby's going to have brain damage because of you. And that car was flying. Obviously, it's a movie. It's not real. But I would have hit him too. Yeah, right? I mean, he was tearing through Vancouver, I'll tell you that much, because yeah. this was all filmed in Canada, and I just think it's love important it. to always call that out, that yes, I, I love when things... And I, and and you could tell, because I was like, I don't know. They definitely had some, like, shots they got of, of New York, like, you know, yeah. at some point. But uh, all those driving scenes, I was like, I don't know where you guys are. That yeah. that ramp doesn't exist. But... um. Yeah, I I I think all with, when it comes to Kirstie Alley, I feel like the the ground that has been laid with Drop Dead Gorgeous, like the work she did in Drop Dead Gorgeous, I kind of feel like to me Kirstie Alley and Drop Dead Gorgeous is like Dita Ritz doing the This Will Be lip sync <laughs> in season 4. It's like yes. it doesn't matter what else you do because you did that. As Latrice Royale said, it doesn't get any better than this. No, really. it absolutely does not. It, it it the only way it could be any better than this is if we had Oscar nominee Jennifer Tilly. It, it's like that gif of her on the couch where she's like, "Oh," but she has like oh. a bag of like Molly's tortilla chips. <laughs> that bag of tortilla chips looked so good. I love uh, that her sort of pregnancy craving, like everything. I love watching pregnant women eat in movies. I know that's like a weird sentence to say, but I I, I remember like nine months that Julianne Moore mm-hmm. movie with like Tom. Mm-hmm. Ar- that's a, I mean that's a great one. Joan Cusack is Joan in that. Cusack. Tom Arnold, Hugh yep. Grant, who's Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant. But there's a meal. There's a breakfast in that movie. It's like right, like it's. I don't know. She's like three way, like a second trimester and she's pouring syrup all over everything. It looks so good. And that's a deep cut for any nine months fans any out there. So I've seen, I've seen like bits of it. Like I think I've seen the like rushing to the hospital scene. Yeah, Um, of course. Yeah. That's what sticks out to my, in in my right. And I feel like it was the kind of movie that I saw like glimpses of when I was a kid. And it has like some adult jokes that I would not understand at the time. Um, yes. And I feel like I this was so maybe around the time when Hugh Grant had that whole, like, picking up a sex worker thing. Oh, and so there was just like a, kind sure. of like a sexual thing about about Hugh Grant at the time. And he looks great on the poster for nine months. Yes. I mean, it, that's a very nice picture of the Hugh hair. Grant. Yeah. That hair, that mm-hmm. smile. But yeah, uh, Jeff Goldblum's also in it. Robin Williams is also in it. We love them. Yeah, great little cast. What year is that? That is 1995. 
Oh, and nice. that was oh, written nice. and directed by Chris Columbus. Oh, Chris, love him. You love him. Who's the director of Mrs. Doubtfire? Wow, his teeth are white. Yeah, yeah, they're white. Yeah. Love that. Okay. All right. Yeah, great one. All right, we'll keep that in mind. We'll keep that in mind. Nine months. Yeah, nine months. We'll have yeah. a pregnancy month or something. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Who Honestly, knows? if we wanted to do like a pregnancy month, we could do Heartburn with Meryl. Oh, uh, fun. I didn't even know that was a like a pregnancy movie. She is pregnant in a, in a good chunk of it. And it's a very small part, but it's like one of my favorite Caroline Aaron appearances in a movie. Oh, my God. Caroline. Yeah. And and there's just like Joanna um Gleason shows up in a small role. Uh Catherine O'Hara's in it. I mean, it's it's a pretty stacked cast. It's Mike Nichols, who you love. Uh, we love Mike. Yeah. We could do Baby Mama with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Oh, we could do Baby Mama. Isn't I, I feel like without looking it up, I feel like Mary Steenburgen or someone like Mary Steenburgen is in Baby Mama. I know, right? It's, right? Uh, like, she's always in these... It's always, like, Greg a third... Oh, it. it's Sigourney Weaver. Oh, that's right. Of that's, I, there's always a third or fourth build, like, woman who's like, oh, yeah. I mean, no, it's Sigourney it's Weaver. It's me. It's you, yeah. Well, there's an eighth build, Maura Tierney, and a tenth build, Holland Taylor, so maybe we will do <laughs> Baby Mama, you know? There we go. Fred Armisen's in there. Uh huh. Dak Shepard. Yeah. Oh well, we'll talk about Jason Manzukas in the after show because I have been watching quite a bit of I'm Sorry. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited because I have not. <laughs> so yeah, I'm well, excited for you to tell me about that. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Oh, well, anyway, you know, yeah, things to think about. You know, because we could always th- there's always like that. You know, like Baby Mama and Wine Country, like uh, all things with SNL ladies in it. We could do an SNL ladies month. Yeah. Um, Wine Country is great. I did a In the Details episode about Wine Country. I love that. There's some great moments in that. Amy Poehler talking through tears. It's great. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But anyway. Anyway. Well, you know who we haven't said uh, nearly anything about is, uh, once again, Academy Award winner, Olympia Dukakis. Uh, I just, I I need to start with Olympia Dukakis in that Mets t-shirt on the Stairmaster. Like, that's a Halloween costume. (laughs) I don't know how you do it. Pasting, like, poles to your side somehow. Yes, yes. And just just like that cackle she has at the end. That (laughs) cackle, and that that speeding up, and that cackle. Yes, yes. She is great. She is just, she's like your classic, you know, New Jersey or Long Island mom. And she's also an accountant. I do kind of love that there's this spin that, like, Molly and Rosie are these, like, business gals. Yeah, they probably make really good money. It's like Molly has a really nice apartment. I have to say, speaking of, not to take away from Olympia, but um, Molly's couch. I want that couch cover. That like oh. weird, like teal zebra print. I love it. I'm obsessed. I don't know why. It just like really took me back. That she had a matching dining room table to that couch. Yeah, uh, as yes, well. 80s-tastic. That, yeah, that color. Or 90s, that, like, I guess. Like yeah, well, on the cusp. Um, no, yeah. But, 
that that black and and sort of teal couch for some reason it reminds me of Ben de la Creme. I feel like she had a look <laughs> yeah, that had that, that that print. I know that's like the first thought I had. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But no, she's, you know, Kirstie's got you know, Molly's got a nice little place and uh but yeah, and and Rosie and uh what's her name? Uh Rosie's husband. Molly? Oh, uh, Lou, I don't know what his name Lou? is. Yeah, he's Lou. Just, I, think... I kind of think he's just like the husband, and it doesn't really matter. Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> he's Amy Heckerling's father. Yeah, Yeah, I know. That was so cute. But they live in, I mean, you know, reminiscent of Away From Her. Remember Olympia Dukakis' house in Away From Her? Just there was. Yeah. It was just something so, like, suburban. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there was just something about it. So it hadn't been updated since the 80s, you know? Um, yep. And I feel like their house in this movie was, like, the same feeling. I just, like, it, it gives me such a, like, that's what New Jersey and the suburbs looks like. In For so many miles, it looks exactly like that house. Yeah, I, I can't speak for the suburbs, but I trust you. I trust you on that one, too. And I think there was something about, what was I going to say about... Um, about Rosie. Oh, do you think does Rosie? I don't think we see it, but th- we never know if Rosie finds out that it's Albert's baby, you know, and not the artificial insemination. Oh, Is that right. Ever established, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter, you know. I don't think it matters at that point. She doesn't need to. We don't need to know that she knows. I guess. Yeah, I don't think she ever finds out because I think all of the conversations Molly has with her are kind of like, you know, uh, you know, would you, you know, what what if, you, you know, dad was married when you met him? Like, she keeps it all very hypothetical. So, um, yeah. Because she... Rosie... Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, Molly has a really tight, I don't want to say alibi, but like, she does her homework. So when Rosie has questions about the insemination, she's able to answer and... Without too much judgment, you know, I think she's sort of like, oh, my God, Loretta, you know, like Moonstruck. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's uh, but she's overall pretty chill, which I love. But yeah. Well, and I don't know how old Molly is supposed to be in the movie, but if if it's, you know, lining up at all with Kirstie Alley's age, I mean, for a woman who's 38 and single, it's like I to me, it'd be like, well, if you really want to have a kid and there's nobody to have a kid with, this seems to me like a pretty good option. Yeah. And Mike is cute as a button. I love how much she visits and how like into Mikey she is, and she's excited to be a grandma. It just it just works out, and I like that. I love that. This is like such a weird detail, but I think it's the maybe it's the second scene because the first scene is just is like her at the at the calculator and then at the table, and I think it's after Molly gets pregnant, and I think she's talking to Rosie in the kitchen, and Rosie is like standing there with the fridge open, wearing her coat. And I don't know why, and they never explain it, but it's just, like, it's such a great little detail that, like, Rosie's just, like, standing in the kitchen with her coat on. Uh, and I don't know. That's just, like, one of those details where I was like, yeah, why is it? There's my other Halloween costume is Rosie in her kitchen with her coat on. Yes. I think that might be the scene where she tells her. Yeah. She's yeah. Because like, it's, like, it's, like, a really good, like, bit where she, like, either looks up from the fridge, Mrs. Doubtfire style, or, like, closes the door or slams the door in some way. Yeah, I don't remember the coat, but I'm glad you did because I can kind of picture it. And it's true. It's like if she just got back from the market or something and didn't have a chance to take off her coat yet, like, it is a great detail. It's, it yeah. seems very human. Yeah, that's a great way to tell, like, a story with a, with a costume or a prop. Is like, yeah, this is yeah. her just getting home. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, She really is great. She's great. I I love Olympia Dukakis. I feel like I don't know when we'll talk about her next. I feel like at some point in my life, I need to just like 
give in and watch some of that show Tales of the City. Have you ever heard of yes, that show? That gay show based on the yes. book and stories. I just feel like I know it's all set in like a little neighborhood in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It just feels to me, and I'm judging this based on like me harumphing and crossing my arms, but like part of me feels like it's gonna be too Bay Area twee for me. Like I don't I feel like it's I don't know. I just I'm feeling yeah. very jaded about it and I feel like I'm supposed to like embrace it because it's like a gay classic and like Laura Linney's in it. But like what if I it know. makes me hate Laura Linney, you know? I know. It's like I I I've never watched it. I I I think Keon watched the entire reboot as well. Mm-hmm. Um and he loved it. Um, but he likes a lot of things. And that's not saying he doesn't have good taste, but you know, he he'll give anything a chance is what I'm saying too. Um Yes. He'll but, push through things, you know. Yes. Didn't he um, watch so, all of Westworld, you know? I mean I think he finally did give up. I was very proud okay. of him. He's good like him. enough of this. Yeah. So no more Westworld. But yeah, it's enough. um yeah, but it does feel like something that is like touchstone gay, you know, something that would be on the no good, very bad gay, but it would be like a six part series, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, is it, it's a, it's a show. Is it, is it a limited series? I think. So None I think of, it, it doesn't is. really matter. I think it's yeah. like, I think they're each mini series. And so, like, yeah, like I More see. Tales of the City was in 98 and that was six episodes. And Maybe you should read the book first. You know, I do have it. I do okay. have the book. I don't know. I mean, I got it. I found it for free. I found a used copy of it. I was like, well, Ooh, I want to own this. And maybe you're right. Maybe I should read the book. And then Tales from the City, Tales of the City from 1993. It's six episodes. It's 1993, which I love. And let's That's just like, era. let's just take a look and see if there's like another reason. Okay. Yeah. Another woman. Oh, another I believe. Uh, I see a Laura Linney, obviously. I feel like I saw. Oh, there's a Parker Posey situation <gasps> for a couple episodes. Oh. Okay, all right. And there's like you know, there's some guys. Remember Thomas Gibson? You love Thomas Gibson. I love Tommy. Yeah. I mean, our listeners, maybe there's some diehard Tales of the City fans out there. Uh, write in. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The like, at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the push because uh, I need something new to watch, and I could watch, you know, four four miniseries worth of Tales of the City. There we go. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, that's my conclusion on that. But that would be a way to talk about or to experience more Olympia Dukakis. Or there's that movie where, like, she and Lily Tomlin play lesbians. You know I think I remember one? you telling me about it, but I I can't remember the title for sure. It's but called I, I, yeah. Cloudburst. And guess God. what? It's not it's not Lily it's not where I said Lily Tomlin. It's my left foot's own Brenda Fricker. That's right, because I remember it was on like Netflix or something, and it's like fairly recent. I feel like they're they're much older. Yeah, it's from 2011, and it's a lesbian couple escape from their nursing home and head up to Canada to get married. Along the way, they pick up a young male hitchhiker. Oh, it's on! It's on Prime. It's available to watch on Prime. So and I worry Hulu. about those movies because it's like, have we not heard about it for a reason? Is it trash? But maybe it's good trash. I don't, I don't know. I'll I'll tell you this. Uh, Olympia Dukakis is, is kind of hot. Like she's definitely like more of the butch, <laughs> and like sure? I am very, uh, 
I, I, this is like get in line with John Travolta, Tom Selleck, and Steve Lundberg. Yes. Olympia Dukakis in 2011's Cloudburst is also my type. I love that. <laughs> she is That's hot. Tinder profile, yeah. Absolutely. Like I am. This is what I'm. I'm looking for a, an Olympia Dukakis and Cloudburst type. Did you ever, this is like along the lines of what we're talking about, but did you ever watch the movie, the Stanley Tucci, Colin Firth movie? It also has a name, like some sort of celestial title. Yes. Moonbeam or something. Yes. It's not what it's called. I know what you're talking about. It's called like, um, it's it's the one where they're a gay couple and I think one of them has like developing Alzheimer's or dementia or something. Yeah. It's called like Supernova, I think it's yep, called. Yep, Supernova, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen it. Uh, I feel like that's one of those movies where it's like, yeah, I just, you know, it looked like something I would enjoy too much, so I'm just going to, you know, not let myself <laughs> watch gonna it. Just going to push it up. going to push it off. I remember I was yeah. super excited for it. I was like, this is Stanley Tucci's Oscar, you know, or at least like another nomination or something. I was very mm-hmm. excited, and it never made it cross that finish line but uh which is also fine it could still be a, a great movie so yeah well yeah, we got know. some we have some watching to do here yeah maybe you know maybe maybe, maybe. there's a month of like really depressing movies where we do like supernova oh, yeah. we could do the movie diane because that's no feel-good movie let me tell you why yeah. but uh, but like there is at least because andrea martin's in it and there's at least one or two scenes of andrea martin where it's like worth it worth nice. it and you know the she was Diane. in uh, my big fat Greek wedding. Of course she is. Yeah, we just talked about earlier. So we did. I want to. Um, I want to bring up. I know we talked about Abe Vigoda at the beginning. It was one of my quotes that I messed up at because I was I was really struggling to say and out of all my daughter like and out mm-hmm. of all was really hard for me to say and I I messed it up but it's okay. Um, yeah. But I I think he's like such a such a hoot in this movie. He's a pain in the ass. Like, I would hate to be, like, the guy who has to take care of him at that nursing home. But those eyebrows, good Lord. I mean, he's such a kooky... He's like a Pixar character. Yeah, I feel like there are probably cartoon characters that are designed after Abe Vigoda. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there is a element of him that is reminding me of, like, a much older Christopher Lloyd. Like, I would have loved to see Christopher yes. Lloyd playing Abe Vigoda's son. Oh, Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of that, and then, oh, oh, well, as I think about, like, a crotchety old man in a nursing home, then I think of your other favorite movie, the, dis- the, don't say it, the, the what you know, the one with Laura Linney, the one with Philip Seymour oh, Hoffman. Oh, wait, Philip Bosco, The Savages, oh, yes, love that, yes, I love I him, like, but, yes, add that very to the similar li- energy. Yeah, add that to the list of the depressing movie month. You know, maybe in like the the depths of winter when our seasonal affective disorder is at its worst, then we'll do the savages. <laughs> oh, I can't wait! You're gonna <laughs> die, literally. Um, but I thought you were gonna say that idiot from away from her that we hated, the one that she falls in love with, and I just can't, Aubrey. Stand. Oh no, I would never deign to compare Abe Vigoda to Aubrey, though. Less like just. You know, justice for that actor, Michael, uh, Michael, whatever his name was, because then he shows. Yeah. Michael, what's his name? Who was then he because then he showed up in Nashville and he was super hot. Oh, that's right. Michael Murphy. Michael Murphy. He was so hot in that. And it really. But, you know, I'll tell you, Aubrey in that chair, that might be one of my least favorite sights is Aubrey in that chair. That's right. And when he was. 
Go when ahead. he was like, oh, Fiona, come back to me. Ugh. I would have got up and punched him. Absolutely. <laughs> Away from me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I was just going to say, maybe we have um, some sort of category at the Westons of just like all of our least favorite moments. <laughs> like the like the Aubrey category. The Aubrey, the Aubrey category. Yes. Yes. You know, like like Annette Benning's hair and her car and that dress in 20th Century Women. I hate yes. that combination. Yeah. I hate it. I feel like we could think of some funny things. That would mm. be fun. I mean, I really think that, you know, there is some other than Rita Wilson, some part of Sleepless in Seattle. Oh yeah, I mean the whole movie's garbage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than Rita, that that scene I'll say is the reason yeah. to rewatch the Rita that movie. scene. Yeah. yeah, just watch that on YouTube, folks. That's Absolutely. All you need. And Rob Reiner's fine, but anyway, um, no, we should <laughs> we should definitely do like the worstins. <laughs> the worstins. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> the bestins and the worstins. The westins. <laughs> That's real good. <laughs> That's oh, exciting. that'd be so fun. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Things cool. we hated. Yeah. In the Performances past we hated. Yeah. Yeah. But Bethany Frankel's on that list. Bethany oh. Frankel on TikTok. <laughs> Absolutely. Fight me about my breakfast. Worstin. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ellen Worston. Ugh. Ellen Worston. There it is. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, where are we? You know, I I do want to also just give sense a little bit more love to Twin Kaplan because I actually thought that she was just like almost stole the show at points. I feel like she had some of the best lines. Again, kind of like Carrie Fisher in When Harry Met Sally. I feel like uh, Rona is like that's the character. I just like I I perk up when this character shows up. Yeah, shoulder pads. She's the best friend at work. She's, she's got always a, got a smile. A smile. Yeah, yeah, she has a great smile. And I love that she jumps on Albert after she takes off that dress. Mm-hmm. She goes in, takes the dress off, and comes out and beats him up. Yeah, she's a good little friend. I just think she has like a great energy. She just has like a great vibe. I feel like, you know, Twink Kaplan is walking so that Judy Greer could run in so many movies yes. 20 years later, you know? Absolutely. What else, you know, like... What else is Twink doing? You know, like she she doesn't have that many credits. I'm looking at her IMDb and I'm like, where is the where is the Twink Kaplan appreciation? D- did she did she retire and does it need know. to work after Clueless? Maybe I don't know. I'm scrolling and I'm just like, yeah, I just don't I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the we'll answer to that. Folks, research. yeah. These are the questions we pose. Should I watch Tales of the City and what happened to Twink Kaplan? Oh my yeah, god. Whatever happened to Twink Kaplan? You're not gonna believe this. First of all, she was what? born on Christmas. And guess Love where that? she was born? She <gasps> was born. It she's Yins are not gonna believe it. She was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of yours. Wow. I wonder if she grew up here or was just born here. But either way, I'll take it. Yeah, listen, I'll take it. I would take it if I were you. Yeah, I I gotta I gotta do some research. <laughs> like to the library. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like where yeah. is, you know, we have like a Mr. Rogers statue in Pittsburgh, but where's the Twink Kaplan <laughs> memorial yeah. bench, you know, Absolutely. or something? I'd like to sit on the Twink bench. Absolutely. Yes. For once in my life, I'd like to sit on the Twink bench. That's right. Ugh. Oh, that's cool. That's really yeah. Cool. So that was a fun discovery that I didn't know. We just stumbled yeah, on that. Thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you, Twink. Thank you to Twink's parents. 
That's you know, fair. they could have they could have driven to you know Harrisburg if they wanted to. They could have, yeah. Yeah, you could have just driven away. That's What's a that from? from away from her. You could have oh, okay. forsaken me. <laughs> oh God, that was so sad. Yeah. When she like, yeah. Ah, well, I feel I I feel like we've gone through everyone on the list. I I feel pretty good about this. Do you have anything else that you wanted to mention at all? Any nuances? Let's see. Or anything? Here, here's some things. I, you know, one of my opening lines was almost when when Rosie says something's wrong, something's wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, that written down too. Uh, I wanted to mention that. Uh, what's her name? Molly's doctor is the coach for the Racine Bells in Eligaron. Oh, I love that. Wait, is that the guy who was like he who shows everyone like the list? The yeah, players? he's like yeah, yeah, and he's like, you know, well, just read your name on the list. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, love that. Uh, let's see. I already said that Albert is Jax Taylor, so there's that. Uh, yes. Uh, there was a moment where Kirstie Alley just made a meal out of the line. Don't smoke that around my baby. And she just says, it's like a full bodied performance. And when he's smoking a cigarette around the baby. Uh, yes. I want to note that it's 1989 and it's Canada and she lives like catty corner from a Starbucks. <gasps> I know. I didn't that even was... know Starbucks like existed back then. I don't know why I thought that they wouldn't, but they do. Yeah, but they do. Uh, I also want to note that Mikey is a baby for only like half of this movie. And then he's kind of like a pretty developed toddler. And this is something that stood out to me is once he becomes a toddler and then he's interacting with the other babies, sometimes it seems like this sort of psychic connection these babies have. But sometimes they're kind of like like in Mr. Ed when they used to give the horse peanut butter to make it look like he was talking. And the oh, babies. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's like bad dubbing. And especially when he's in the sandbox talking to those two girls. And I was like, I feel like I'm watching like an old Kung Fu movie. I'm so glad you brought this up. I totally agree. Because at that age, they would. He looks to be about two at that age. Mm -hmm. Like, And you're right. It just feels weird. Or at least, yeah, the sandbox was weird. And those voices are weird. The one girl had like a super low voice. And it made me laugh. Um, yeah, because I forgot what they talked. I was like, I when they got in the sandbox, I was like, oh, this is weird. I remember this, and it, it that was like the kickoff point of like, ugh, this feels so strange to me because they would be sort of babbling and or like words for sure. At least I think I don't know. And it was just like, yeah. So it was like, so is this though with the are, so are the babies psychically speak how? I was think I, I was I was look who's thinking too hard about look who's talking. You know what I mean? It was just too much. Uh, I also want to note that when Mikey is at the retirement home and he goes up to those ladies who are having lunch and the one gives him one of those sesame breadsticks, I just oh, yes. if we don't acknowledge the perfection of those sesame breadsticks. They were the perfect like girth for lack of a better word. They were mm -hmm. they were substantial. They weren't those skinny ones that you no. get like an Italian restaurant. No, they crunch. have they have a seam on them. They have a seam yes. on the side. I don't know why, but they have a seam on them. I love that. Yeah. And then I need to note now this is this is grim, but there's this that I think we've talked about this, but there's that movie from the nineties called Eye for an Eye with Sally Field and Ed Harris, where uh this this killer, this guy kills Sally Field's daughter in the beginning and then she, yeah. then he like gets like, uh, you know, I don't know, uh 
anyway, he doesn't go to jail. And so then she decides to get justice. And the opening of the movie is this like super harrowing scene of like Sally on the phone stuck in traffic with her daughter while her daughter is getting attacked. And Sally's like running through traffic screaming. And it has the exact same vibe at points with the end of this movie when they're trying to <laughs> find Mikey in the traffic. And I, you could actually watch the clip on YouTube. It is. I know it's, it's grim because it's like, you know, it's not like a funny scene, but like Sally Field, it, it's it, it for Sounds Sally. Riveting. It's incredible. It's like such an incredible opening to a movie. I'll send you the clip, but you will see like it, it feels exactly like this scene at the end of the movie. Oh, I love that. That's and then my, my final note was because I almost turned the movie off before it happened. But did you hear the Joan Rivers cameo at the end? No, and you know what? I was watching this. It was on. It was one of those things. It was on YouTube for free, but with ads. Did you watch it that way, or how did you oh, watch no, it? Oh no, I paid three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. I almost did too, but I was like, I'll just get. I normally rent on YouTube. I don't know why. It's just like I feel yeah. like I could watch it on my phone very easily because sometimes I can't. It doesn't matter. But I just typed in "Look Who's Talking," and that you could also watch Moonstruck for free with some ads, and the ads are like. 30 seconds or less it was great so oh. i don't know why i don't know and that's how i watched it and i can't remember where the hell this story was going we were talking about the ending and the joan the, rivers and, oh yeah and i was like it was i was watching on my laptop um and i was like i feel like there's something at the end here but i don't know and i sort of like scanned but didn't see anything but tell me about it well it's just at the end then they because you know at the end you know, James knocks up Molly and then she has Julia and then they go to the hospital and Mikey meets Julia and then Julia is uh, voiced by Joan Rivers. And she's oh. like, oh, my God, can we talk? And then that's the end of the movie. Gotcha. Yeah. Does she but play? It, does Joan play the baby in the second one? No. So in the second one, the baby is voiced by Roseanne Barr. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which I think is inspired casting, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I think it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Let's see. So I'm going to click on, like, uh, let, let, you know, before we leave the, the realm of Look Who's Talking, I think I just want to get a sense of, because this was not Amy Heckerling's, like, first movie. Her, her debut directorial, directorial debut was um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, but nice. this was after that. And fun fact, she directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Look Who's Talking, and Clueless, and all three shows had TV shows uh, developed based on them, which I think is pretty impressive. Whoa. Yeah. So in Look Who's Talking 2, which is from 1990, which is a year we are very fond of, um, Mm -hmm. obviously, we get, you know... John and Kirstie are back. Rosie's back. Twink Kaplan is back. Uh, you get Bruce Willis doing Mikey's voice, Roseanne Barr doing Julie. You know, I've been calling her Julia all this time. And then you get Damon okay. Wayans doing the voice of someone named Eddie and uh, Mel Brooks doing the voice of someone named Mr. Toilet Man. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried's in it. So there you go. And Lou shows up again. Lou. Who's Lou? Uh, and there's somebody named Stuart in it. So I don't know what his story is, but okay. he's a fourth built. St- I'm sure things don't end well for Stuart. I'm sure he's a villain of sorts. But hmm. then in 1993, another year that I love, then we get Look Who's Talking Now. And I that's see. where you get John and Kirstie again. And then you get the kid from Seventh Heaven playing Mikey. 
Oh, yeah. He's pretty good on it, though. He's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. And then, yeah, Diane and Danny play the, the animals. Oh, Albert's back in the third one. What? Yeah. And Rosie. And then you get Samantha played by Lisette Anthony. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so there you go. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a better movie, but it is a movie that I'm familiar with. Yeah. A trio. A trilogy. A trilogy, yeah. Huh. I mean, what would the fourth one be called? Like, look who's talking this time. I know, again. Yeah, well, yeah, right? Look who's talking to, look who's talking now. Look who won't stop talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, who would be talking in the fourth one? Because it's it's more babies in the second one. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it's the dogs in the in the next one. I think it would be, oh, I bet it would be their devices. It would be like the series and the Alexas and all of that. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and it's AI. all just AI. That's what it would be. It, yeah, it's, it's look oh, who's Lord. thinking. Yeah. Look who's thinking. <laughs> I don't know what it's thinking. I don't know what it's thinking. <laughs> God. Oh, I, I think... I think we're being played off. I think that's I think exactly it's what's time. happening. Yeah, I think that was that's always the cue. Um, yes. Well, uh, where where can people find more of you talking? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can find me. You know, we're we're coming back. I guess this month on All Right Mary with. Uh, back to school movies so we're doing you know some more movies this month at least on patreon i don't know what we're doing on the main feed yet so you'll find out when i find out cool. but you can still find me on instagram at college underscore and you can find both of us in a best supporting capacity on instagram at bsa pod or you can send us an email at the bsa pod at gmail.com and look whose papers are peeled because we've got the best supporting after show coming and we got some things to catch up on. I'm going to talk about this show. I'm sorry I've been watching. I got a few other treatings. I bet you have a few things to talk about. I do, I do. And uh, you may want to hear that. And you may want to just spend five bucks a month, get a bonus episode every single week, get early access to episodes just like this, all at patreon.com slash Pod. What's not to love about that? Don't, you know, don't look at me, you know, don't look at me. Well, uh, anyway, I think it's time for us to get into two pre-owned least out at your cells named Ruth and Cheryl and get the hell out of here. Sounds good. Okay, then we'll do that. Great. Okay. Well, that, as they say, is that. Can anything survive when these little minds tear you in two? What a town without.